Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. There are stages in life and there are stages in nations. Israel is a classic example of this. We've been studying a period known in Israel's history as the Judges. You'll remember, as a matter of fact, the last two books of the Bible, the book of Judges and the book of Ruth, overview for us that particular period. Interestingly enough, the last word in the book of Ruth is the name David. Now, that's very significant because it bridges the gap to the next season or stage in Israel's history. This stage is not known as the Judges. It's known as the period of the Kings. And there are a number of books in the Old Testament historical section that deal with this era. As a matter of fact, there are three what we would call double books. First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles. Originally, at least for the Jews, these were each one book. So you had the book of Samuel, the book of Kings, the book of Chronicles. And they're quite lengthy. In our Bible, we see them, of course, as first and second. And we've come now to the first of these double books, which is First Samuel. It is a fascinating book and very appropriate that it comes immediately after the name David in the book of Ruth. Because First Samuel details for us the rise of the man after God's own heart. And now there's a transition going on in Israel. They're moving from a theocracy, God Himself ruling over His people, to a monarchy. God ruling, of course, still on the throne of the universe, but ruling and reigning in Israel through a human king. It's an amazing transition. Now, the author of the book, of course, is the namesake of the book. It's Samuel. Samuel was the first man known in this era of the prophets. Uh, Moses, of course, is referred to as a prophet. But according to the Lord Jesus and the New Testament record, Samuel begins the period of the prophets in the Old Testament. He's not only the first prophet, he's the last judge. So he's a very appropriate transition here between these two periods of time. We believe that Samuel perhaps wrote this book right before his death and that the books of Samuel were probably compiled around the end of David's life since that's where they leave off. And we'll find that when we come to 2 Samuel. This particular book of 1 Samuel covers about 94 years of history, beginning with the birth of Samuel and ending with the death of Saul. And now I must say this before we say any more about the book. It's wonderful how this book begins because it begins with prayer. Can I tell you that's the way everything should begin today? Begin this day with prayer. Begin every task with prayer. Approach every appointment with prayer. That's the way this period begins with a woman, not a man, not the king, but a woman praying, a mother praying that God will give her a son. And of course, God hears and answers prayers, my friend, and God answered Hannah's prayer. And God gave a man by the name of Samuel, a prophet, a preacher unlike any the world has known. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that God let none of His words fall to the ground. One example of that is the fact we're studying 1 Samuel today. 
Uh, these are the very words of Samuel given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and continuing to minister to us at this very juncture. Now the great message of the book you must get, because this is not just history, this is personal, this is for us today. The great message of the book is that we see in it man's rejection of God and God's rejection of a man. You see, the reason they even had a king was because they rejected God ruling over them. So God gave them what they wanted. Be careful what you ask for. Sometimes the more you get what you want, the less you want what you get. They rejected God's rule, and so God gave them a ruler. His name was King Saul. Saul, of course, had a good start, but a tragic ending. You see, when Saul rejected the Lord, when Saul sought his own way, when Saul became his own king, instead of looking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, at that moment, God rejected him. And God sought him a man, the Bible says, after his own heart. That's really the message of the book of 1 Samuel. It is, a, it is a book about kings, but specifically, it's a book that tells us about the first two kings. Let me read a couple of verses to you. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 25, Samuel speaks. He speaks to the people about the kingdom. 1 Samuel 10, 25, the Bible says, Then Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his own house. I mean, I say to you that God's intention from the very beginning was that He would rule over His people. God never intended that man himself would be the ruler, that man himself would make all the decisions. No, the Lord wants to be our king. And so the people of Israel, they had centuries of that, and they thought they'd had enough of that. The Bible says that he, God, wanted to continue ruling over them, but they wanted a king like everybody else. Isn't that one of the great temptations today? The desire to rule and to reign ourselves, to be like everyone else, Oh, my friend, this is never God's way. And so God gave them exactly what they wanted. If you come to 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14, you find the transition from the first king to the second. From a king who wanted to rule in his own way to a king that was willing to rule under God's rule. 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 14 says, God speaking to King Saul, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? A man after God's own heart. By the way, God repeats that statement in Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. Why is that significant? Because even after David's failure, even after he sinned with Bathsheba, even after he committed such a terrible act against Uriah, even after all of that, we remember David as the man after God's own heart. Why is that? Because, my friend, though David was a sinner like all of us, David in his heart truly desired to be right with God. He truly desired to do what God, the rightful king, wanted done. I wonder today, are you ruling your own life? I wonder today, are you allowing someone else to rule over you or are you living today in God's ruling presence? You see, G. Campbell Morgan made this statement. He said, the beautiful truth of the man after God's own heart is that God doesn't remember you by your most recent sin. Instead, He remembers you by the state of your soul. I love that thought. 
You see, most men are marked by one great sin they think they can never get over. But God looks deeper than all of that. Just as surely as at the beginning of David's life, at the end of his life, man still looked on the outward appearance, but the Lord looked on the heart. Friend, when God looks on your heart today, what does He see? In the kingdom that is, that is your soul, in the, in the nation that is your heart, who's sitting on the throne today? Who's ruling and who's reigning? Because I tell you what he's looking for. He's not looking for a Saul. He's not looking for somebody with all the answers. He's not looking for someone that wants to make all the decisions and run ahead of the Lord. He's looking for a David. He's looking for someone tender to God. Not perfect, but tender and open to the ruling presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the great message of 1 Samuel to all of us is this. Lord, help me today to become a man or a woman after God's own heart. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.